Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Dr. Marnie, who is an award-winning and celebrated author, speaker, and educator. Dr. Marnie, how are you doing? Hey, I'm great, Tim. Thank you so much for having me on Living the Dream. Of course. Thanks for coming on, and we'd like to jump right in. So if you could start with telling us a little bit more about yourself and what you like to do for fun, that'd be great. Yeah, sure. You know, I am an author. Um of a spiritual fiction that's doing quite well called God came to my garage sale. And in addition, I am the author of a five book series called true deceit, false love. But prior to that, I was a high school special education teacher. I retired after 35 years in the Chicago suburbs and 12 of those years, I was university graduate school adjunct professor. So that's a little bit about me. There we go. There we go. And so do you write for fun or are there some other things that you got? Oh, I do a lot of other things for fun, but writing, I really love to write. It's very healing, very therapeutic, very interesting for me. Um, but I moved from a lifetime in the Chicago suburbs to the Caribbean. So I've been here for the last three years and for fun, I love to snorkel in the ocean and hike the rainforest. There we go. There we go. What is the most interesting animal you've seen in the rainforest? Well, I would say a boa constrictor snake. And I have caught, since I've lived here, I have caught 23 of them. How long are they? uh, they They vary in size depending on how old they are. But the longest is a 10 footer. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, I never never had that experience in the Chicago suburbs. You know, I might have seen a gardener snake here and there. Yeah. And no, uh, but no, I've got boas. I've got boas, and they're actually not native to my island where I live. I'm in the US Virgin Islands. Um, they were brought over and they're really an invasive invasive species. But yeah, by um, that's the most interesting um uh creature that I have seen, although there are other creatures here, you know, I'm in the rainforest. So even today, um, right at the pool, when I was swimming, there was a very, very big bug. I don't know the name of it. I should look it up. Um, I just know it is the talking bug because it makes so much noise, but mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it's, it's about the size of my hand. So, you know, it's, it's never a dull moment here. Never a dull moment. Yeah, no, for sure. There we go. Um, just curious, how do you catch a snake? Like, I feel like that thing could like wrap itself around you and then. Yes, just... yeah, because they're constrictors. They do, but I have, I think I have six different snake tongs. They're very long, and I've gotten very proficient at using them. And I've learned that you've got to kind of catch them near their head, because and then they will wrap around the tongs. Um, and then, and then what I do is, um, uh, with the help of my partner and he's, he, he doesn't like to actually catch them, but he, 
he helps me catch them. Um, we put it in a, a dark box, like one of those plastic Home Depot boxes or something. And then I call the um, snake whisperer um, who comes out. I call him the snake whisperer, but um, he's from DPNR and they track the snakes that, especially on the west end of the island where I live, they they really want to have a, a running count of how many are are there. So uh, I I turn it over to to you know Dr. Coles. There we go. Yeah. Amazing. You learn something yeah. new every day. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, awesome. Tell us a bit more about your motivation. What really gets you up and keeps you going every day? You know, I just am a happy person, and I just believe in life and learning and you know every day is a new adventure so i really wake up with a, an attitude of gratitude i have so much to be thankful for in my life and and you know i just i think that's what keeps me going i certainly have a lot of literary projects going on with my writing and you know lately a lot of podcast interviews and speaking engagements and book signings so I always have some projects going on in the literary field um that are always interesting and then I'm meeting such neat people and and you know so I really I just have a zest for life there we go there we go I love it yeah dreams and goals now what is your vision for your life so you're retired you're an author yeah what's your vision for your life well, I feel like I'm kind of living my my created vision. You know, I never really set out to move to the Caribbean. It just is how everything kind of planned out. But if I had a dream that I would like to focus on right now, I would say I would love for my award-winning book, God Came to My Garage Sale, to become a movie. And I've been contacted and I'm in talks with people regarding it, you know, going to the big screen. And so I would love to see that happen because it is a message of hope and inspiration, um, of looking at signs and synchronicities of the universe and being open to to the possibilities of, of amazing things happening. And, you know, so I see this as a movie and I think, especially in this day and age, we can all use some hope and inspiration. So I suppose my dream would be to have my award-winning book become a blockbuster movie. There we go. I love it. I it's love a big it. dream. It's a big dream, but it might happen. I'm trying to manifest it. Sounds like you're already well on your way, given that you're in talks. Yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah. Awesome. So Get God Came to My Garage Sale to Become a Movie. Tell us more about, is it True Deceit, False Love? Yeah, I have a five book series called True Deceit, False Love. And, and that addresses something very, very different. Although I believe spirituality is interwoven into everything that we do. But True Deceit, False Love is a five book series, prominently endorsed, but provides information and a creative response to dealing with family stuff, you know, domestic abuse, um, narcissism parental alienation, intergenerational family trauma, some heavy duty, you know, can be often negative, you know, experiences. But at the same time, we're all living life and we're here to learn lessons and to work out, you know, these relationship dynamics. And so my five book series provides resources, poetry, 
um, a survivor's workbook, and even a word search puzzle book, which just made a bestseller, which, I mean, it made this bestseller list, which just surprised me. Um, out of the five books, I wouldn't think that that would have been the one to make bestseller, but it did. Obviously, some people are resonating with, you know, needing to learn about family issues and and to work through it in a real creative way, a different approach. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that. And so that is more of a creative book series. Like it's not the traditional five story book. It's right, right. Got some workbooks and stuff in there. Do you have a vision for that? Or have you kind of just, I've written it, it's impacting people how I want it to, and I'm happy. You know, yes and no. I, I am writing a sixth book in the series. That'll probably be my final book. But it has already, I've gotten a lot of feedback um, from influencers in the abuse recovery community, many of which who have endorsed my book, some major players that, you know, they're spreading the word and, and they're finding that, you know, people need a variety of different approaches to deal with trauma and family challenges and relationship issues, even relationships at work. You know, it doesn't have to be a marriage or or family. It could be with friends. And, you know, we are, we're all trying to kind of find our way and be as authentic as we can with our relationships. Many people are finding they have to put up some healthy boundaries, you know, when they when get to a point in their life when they're like, you know, is this relationship serving either one of us, you know? And so you have to really make some decisions. And, you know, it's important to to be real and to be honest and to, to, you know, really resonate with what is authentic to you. You know, like, um, I don't know how much you've told your audience, but you know, I know that you're getting married and that is a big, big step. And you want to hope that person you are marrying, that you are on the same page with, with uh, so many things. And that's why, you know, it's good to really focus on, you know, your values and and see if they are the same as the person you want to spend the rest of your life with. Yeah. yeah. It's a journey. It's a journey, though. And I wish you so, so much luck. And um, I, I wish you well. And I hope it all just turns out like you had planned. Thank you so much. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. that. But yeah, helping people navigate those relationships, it really is key because when you think about life, <clears throat> nothing really happens without a relationship. Like if you were just in isolation, mm -hmm. like there wouldn't really be food to eat, there wouldn't be homes to live in, there wouldn't be cars to drive, there wouldn't be right. roads to drive on. Like all of it is some sort of relationship and whether it's a colleague, yeah. an intimate relationship or just a strictly professional relationship like business to business, like there's still that people interaction. And so I'm sure your series really helps out with that. Which yeah, is it seems to be helping a lot of people. It was very healing for me and, you know, just enjoyable to write and and um, was it was a nice transition from writing the spiritual fiction. But, yeah. you know, I'm now writing a lot for magazines and, you know, I'm being contacted to contribute essays and blogs. And, you know, that's pretty cool, you know, that um, that there's interest out there to hear what other people have to say. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Well, if there were one or two people that you could meet right now, and this could be a specific person or a type of person, and they'd really help you take the next step towards these dreams and goals of getting 
God came to my garage sale to become a movie. Who would this person be and how would they help you? Well, I have some specific names. Perfect. People, but, but I'm, I'm too afraid to say them because I don't want to jinx it, but I also don't want to, to put myself in a position where if a different person would come along that I would have already kind of, you know, put it out there, who is the main person I would want. So, so trying to be very careful with what I, gotcha. I say, I would love to meet someone who resonates with my story of an atheist woman, you know, has to have a garage sale, um, has spiritual miracles that happen that make her question, is there more to this earth? I would love to meet I don't know, screenwriter, movie producer, director, someone who would resonate with that story, a story of hope and inspiration. And I have some other ideas of how I would like to see the story play out, you know, a little bit before and a little bit after, because I like to kind of think of my story, God came to my garage sale as the life review part of a, of a larger story. So if I could meet anyone to further that goal along, I would like the, the movie producer, director, screenwriter, someone along those lines who really is passionate about what they do, who's passionate about inspirational messages mm -hmm. and would see value in my book and would maybe like the title. God came to my garage sale as being kind of catchy that, you know, um, that they could make that happen. Absolutely. There we go. So screenwriter, director, movie producer that resonates with your story. Let's put it out there. Yeah. There we go. And what are the most important one or two things that everyday people can do to really help you accomplish your dreams and goals? So you meet Sally at the grocery store and okay. Sally is like, Marnie, how can I help you? What would you say to her? Well, um, gosh, I never thought about that. I would just say, you know, um, if they resonate with the story, if they're interested in it, just to to let other people know about it, you know, um, to pass the word around. And actually, that's happening all the time. Um, my book has actually become a book club favorite, which, you know, I'm actually, I shouldn't be surprised about it because it is a, an easy to read book and it's very engaging and there's a lot people can talk about, you know, when they've read it or after they've read it. But I have found that my book is now around the nation and even international as far as a book club. In fact, just last week, someone ordered 10 copies for their book club. So it's very, very cool. Um, so I would just say, you know, the grassroots effort without without making the effort, if it was an authentic kind of natural way to get the story out there and create interest, I think eventually it will get into the right hands and the message could, you know, have more of a global reach. Hmm. I love it. I love it. So just keep passing the story around word of mouth, hosting the right. book, all that. And stuff. I would tell Sally to just try to get, tell Harry about it. So <laughs> when, when Harry meets Sally, they can talk about <laughs> my book. 
There we go. There Are we you go. too young to know about when Harry met Sally? See, I knew I knew it was a reference to something. I okay, had... so you're too young. You're too young. So it is very, you're going to have to watch this movie. It's a very cool movie when Harry met Sally. I don't want to even give it away. It's hysterical. And it's, 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 uh, it's one of those um, movies that, that transcends time. So you're going to have to make a note of it when Harry met Sally. And I'm not going to say too much more. Just watch the movie. It's pretty fun. Who plays Harry and who plays Sally? Do you think I'll know? Well, I do. No, no, I do. I do. But I don't want to give everything away. So, you okay. know, Meg, Meg Ryan is Sally. Billy Crystal is Harry. Do you know who Billy Crystal is? I don't know who either. Oh, my gosh. you got to <laughs> watch the movies. So, yeah, those are the two stars. There Billy, we go. Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan, When Harry Met Sally. Awesome. I'll have to you go. You started it. I mean, you said Sally. And, of course, <laughs> Sally goes along with Harry. So Obviously. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Well, now we're going to jump into our thriving three. Okay. First question is, what is your favorite book, movie, or podcast? Pick one. You know, I would say my favorite book is Gift from the Sea by Anne Moreau Lindbergh. Mm. And uh, she was the wife of Charles Lindbergh, who is famous many, many, many years ago for um, transatlantic flights. So, you know, crossing the ocean. Um, and they made, you know, they were very famous anyway, but then they also... Um, unfortunately made the news because their child was kidnapped and murdered. And it of course made headlines. There were, uh, you know, what do they call it? Ransom threats and all that type of thing. But what's so cool about Anne Moreau Lindbergh and her writing is, you know, everyday people can relate to her, even though she comes from extreme wealth and extreme privilege. And so when she wrote this book, A Gift from the Sea, it was when she was at her beach house and she spent a lot of time alone. And every chapter is the name of a different shell. And But what she writes about is just so profound, but at the same time, it's so simple. Mm -hmm. And now that I'm living by the sea, by the Caribbean Sea, um, I'm always coming in contact with shells and it always just makes me think about, you know, her writing. And then she actually, I actually have so many of her books. Um, back when I was in the Chicago suburbs, you know, I would go to the library and check out books. And then when I really found something I'd like, I would first try to go to Goodwill or Half Price Books or, you know, somewhere like that to see if I could find some of the books I like. Um, because, you know, I was always on a budget and, and, um, but I do have a collection of her works, of her diaries, of her uh, different journals, her different um, thoughts on, on various topics. So Anne Moreau Lindbergh, Gift from the Sea is my favorite book. There we go. There we go. I have to go pick it up and read it. <laughs> what is one way you like to take care of yourself? You know, there are many ways to take care of myself. And I've really learned that self-care is so important. I would say you're asking me one way. Because I live in the rainforest, I have an extensive organic farm and garden. 
you know, even hydroponics. So one way I take care of myself is eating farm to table as much as I can. So I grow my own vegetables and I cook them up in the pan. And that's, you know, I try to, we don't have like usual kind of traditional big box grocery stores. We have smaller markets, but we also have a weekly farmer's market that's on year round because, you know, we have the four seasons here, summer, 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 and summer. And so even though there's different fruits and vegetables at the various different summer seasons, I love to eat fresh and organic food, not processed, you know. Um, so that's one big way I take care of myself. There we go. There we go. Does the farm to table ever become cumbersome, like going out, picking the vegetables and bringing them back in and chopping them up? Or I feel like it's just like going to the store, honestly. Yeah, no, it's not cumbersome at all. It's actually very exciting to see things grow. And, you know, I'm growing things like okra, which, and I never grew okra before. Um, back when I was in the Chicago suburbs, you know, we were famous for growing zucchini. We always, neighbors would have so much zucchini, they would just give it to everyone. Yeah. And that's something I haven't been able to grow very well here. But we do have a certain type of pumpkin that um, is pretty awesome and grows here. But I don't know, it's, I'm still just fascinated when, you know, all of a sudden, you know, I'm growing something. And so nothing is cumbersome. I, I feel very blessed to have this opportunity to be able to, to grow my own vegetables. And then we also have what's called a hydroponics farm. And that's a little bit different than your regular garden. It's, uh, it's kind of a structure that's built up kind of at the height of a table. And it's all kind of PVC tubes and uh -huh. water and nutrients go through that. But you, you work on growing. It's, you know, mainly for lettuce, but we grow bok choy. We grow parsley, cilantro, tomatoes, um, you know, various types of lettuces, you know, arugula, that type of thing. Um, I don't grow spinach there because in my regular garden, I have so much spinach. I mean, I am picking spinach every day for a smoothie or for a salad or, you know, to mix into a soup or something like that. But the hydroponics farm, you know, that was something new to learn. And that's, it's very, very cool. It's unbelievable. The fresh, huge heads of lettuce that we get um to be able to you know eat for lunch and dinner yeah absolutely i love it well that's so cool it is cool yeah and what is one action step that you can take right now or continue to take if you're already doing it to meet that screenwriter director or movie producer that's going to make your book a movie well, I'm I'm doing a few action steps, even though a lot has already kind of happened and is in the works until I, you know, have a deal on the table, I'm going to continue to reach out. So I actually had a pretty synchronistic situation happen to me at the beach the other day where I was trying to manifest the book being a movie and I was praying to God to give me a sign and I actually, we only had like five minutes left before this beautiful beach called Sandy Point Beach. It was about to close. And I had just, you know, um, sat up. I was still in the water, but I had been really trying to manifest this. Over the embankment comes this 
gentleman who actually looks like Jesus. I mean, that's that's who I felt it was. Turns out he is a priest. And it turns out he's only been on the island about half a year. And I didn't even say anything about a movie. I just said, in our talking, we talked about God. I talked about my experience with the Catholic Church and being a lector. I talked about my background of being an atheist. Um, I talked about how I'm really not into organized religion right now. I really prefer just to be spiritual. And I believe, you know, God is everywhere. Um, and I told him about my book. And I said, all I did was say to him, I would love for it to, to continue to reach a wide audience. He says, well, why don't you think about it being a movie? And here is someone you should contact. So here I, I, I was praying for it and trying to manifest it. This man who looks like Jesus caught my attention. He actually came into the water right next to me. We got to talking just a little bit. We only had a few minutes, you know, before the park ranger would say, okay, everyone out, you know, because yep. it's, a, it's a beach where, where there's turtle nesting and stuff like that. So they close it at four. And he brought up, why don't you make it a movie? And here is someone you should contact. So that was pretty cool and making make manifesting something. Also, I've been asked to go to New York City to speak at Columbia University, which I will do before the end of the year. And I am speaking on my spiritual fiction. So that I know will reach a wide audience and you never know who would be listening. And of course it's going to be replayed. It's, you know, it's a live presentation, but you know, it will be something it's, it's with blue talks, which is business life in the universe. So, so I can talk about spirituality with that, with my book, God came to my garage sale. It's really like Ted talks. You know what a Ted talk is? Yep. So Ted talks meets chicken soup for the soul. That's how this program is, is described. So um, I was asked a couple of years ago to speak at Columbia uh, but the travel was, you know, just didn't work out, but now it's working out. So between following through on this priest's suggestion to contact a particular individual and speaking at Columbia, I think I'm, I'm doing some action steps to try to make this happen. I love it. I love it. Ah, that's so refreshing. I'm like so confident for you that it's going to happen because. Oh my gosh. Wonderful. Well, I, I feel pretty good about it too. There we go. There we go. And if it doesn't happen, you know, I'm cool with that too. You know, I've already, this book has already won a lot of awards. It won the 2022 Hollywood book fest award. I'm runner up from just a few weeks ago. It's won the, um, 2020 Best Books Award put on by the American Book, Book Fest. I was a finalist there. It won a five-star reader's favorite award. So, I mean, if the movie doesn't happen, I'm still good. It's already, it's already resonated with some people. And that wasn't the, that wasn't the goal of it. The goal of it was just to write about these experiences. Even though it's a spiritual fiction, it's inspired by all true events and experiences. You know, so even if the movie doesn't happen, I think I'll continue to live a beautiful life. I love it. But it would, but it would be really cool if the movie would happen. So cool. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, now we have our final series of questions. And okay. I didn't I didn't send these beforehand. 
So they're kind of some surprise questions. So if you don't want to answer any of the ones that I asked, feel free to be like, yeah, I'm just going to pass on that. I don't feel like answering. Okay. Okay. Cool. Uh, the first question is, what is one limiting belief that continues to pop up in your life? Uh, the limiting belief. Um, if any, there's an if any for. No, no. I d don't you think we all have limiting beliefs? I do, but some people like yeah. to they don't. Yeah, <laughs> no, I think that's pretty normal. Um, so a limiting belief. Um, hmm. A limiting belief is that that some people in my life will not see the truth mm. and that their light bulb won't go on and they'll continue to live in a false reality. So that's kind of limiting when really I'd like to be positive and say, hey, their light bulb will go on, truth will prevail, you know, yeah. goodness, will, goodness will follow. Um, but I sometimes doubt that sometimes when I think about reality and I think about, you know, the situation that these two particular people I'm thinking about are in that, you know, maybe I need to give them more benefit of the doubt that really they know the truth and it'll, it'll come when it's time for them in their journey. Mm. I love that. Where do you think the limiting belief comes from? Um, I would think that, you know, I had years and years of gaslighting where I was, even though I was accomplished and successful and thought I was pretty, you know, together and capable, um, I was in a relationship where I was gaslit to believe that I, I, I wasn't seeing things like I thought I was or, or that I wasn't as capable or I didn't have the abilities. And so I, I think I have a foundation of that, not only with, a, you know, a relationship that I escaped from after almost three decades, but also my childhood, you know, experiences and, and my own family situation where I believe that there's gaslighting going on. So I think the limiting beliefs come from some external you know, um, some external forces that I'm really, I'm really focusing on and working on to realize, hey, you know, I, I am capable. I do have the ability. I know what I saw. I, I know the truth yeah. and, and not to question my reality because I know the reality, but I was made for many years to believe that I didn't really, you know, see it mm. and for those of us who don't know can you define gaslighting yeah sure yeah gaslighting is is a strategy that is usually intentional by someone who wants to control and is into power and 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 wants to manipulate you know it can, it can almost be a game for someone but gaslighting is where little by little you are made to kind of question yourself or what you see, like you might see someone cheating with another person, but they will tell you, no, 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 you didn't see that. That wasn't what you saw, mm. you know, when really, you know what you saw. Gaslighting actually comes from the 1944 movie called Gaslighting, where one of the spouses was just trying to drive the other spouse crazy, hiding keys, 
turning down the gas lights, you know, that was before the, the regular electricity or whatever. Um, but the person was, was slowly just questioning their abilities or questioning what they knew when really the perpetrator of it was doing things intentionally just to play with them. Yeah. But, but usually there's a malevolent intention where, you know, they're trying to isolate you. They're trying to, you know, get you under their thumb with control and manipulation and power and that kind of thing. That's what's underlying. But gaslighting is where, you know, um, like some phrases. Let me just tell you some phrases that are typically used for gaslighting. Like, um, you didn't see that right. Or you are mistaken. Or I never said that. Or if I said that, I didn't mean that. Mm. You know, that type of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's what gaslighting is. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I appreciate that explanation. Yeah. What actions do you still do to this day, if any, that reinforce this limiting belief that some people in your life aren't going to see the truth? The light bulb will never come on for them. Are there any actions that you do day to day that reinforce that? That reinforce it? Gosh, that's a really good question. Um, I would say it's the lack of actions that reinforce it. Yeah. So not the actions, but because I choose not to approach these two individuals to try to speed along the light bulb moments, I'm, I'm contributing, but I, I have very good reason not to approach because I really believe that, you know, sometimes People need to come to conclusions and, and awareness on their own that, you know, what I can do through my writing, through my speaking is bring awareness to various things, you know, instead of, you know, in your face, this is something you need to learn to know to make your light bulb go on. So I would say to answer your question, it's more what I'm not doing. Mm. That's that's contributing but I, I still feel that's the way to approach, you know, is really, I can't control what other people do, you know, nor do I want to, I can only control myself. So, you know, at some point, someone else has to decide and take a step forward or not. Yeah. So there, there may not be resolution. There may not be light bulb moments. Um, a lifetime can come and go and there can be unresolved situations. And, you know, I have to live with that. I have to live with the realization that we're all on a journey. We're all at different levels of our evolving, whether it's emotionally or spiritually. And, you know, you can't push a rope. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there we go. Well, now we're going to go away from limiting beliefs into abundant beliefs. So how can you reframe that limiting belief to be an abundant belief and what actions and thoughts would you have sprouting from that belief? Well, let me answer the last part first, because I believe it's all about love. Mm. I believe that love is the highest vibration and that through my actions, through my words, through my writing, I am living um, living my belief that love 
love is the answer to so many different things. So, you know, our thoughts, our thoughts really control our actions. Our actions control our behaviors and, you know, and in, in turn, that could actually control our destiny, you know, our future. So I come from a, a place of compassion and love and light and forgiveness and, you know, um, truth, though. I come from, I, I believe that truth and honesty is very important. And I also have benefited a lot from, from research and knowledge as a lifelong learner, you know, a teacher for so many years um, I'm someone who's always wanted to learn and to grow. So I guess to answer the first part is to continue to grow, to continue to learn and, and expand my horizons, but act, uh, you know, all my actions should be from a place and I, and they are from a place of just love and light and goodness. There we go. I love it. And we got one last question for you. Yeah. So there's a common saying that you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. So I actually talked to somebody named Dr. Alan Laika. He was a guest on the show. Mm -hmm. And he said that you can make a horse drink. You just have to salt its oats. Hmm. Now, I want you to think of a person with a fixed mindset. They're not willing to accept help and they're not willing to accept change. How can we, you and I, create an environment? Because like you said earlier, we can't change people. We can't make their decisions for them. Right. But how can we create an environment to salt their oats and help them change their life? I think that actions speak louder than words. Mm. So I'm a big believer that we should role model, you know, be the change. Someone else famous said this, but <laughs> be the change that you want to see in the world. So role model the goodness, role model the actions speak the truth from a place of compassion and love. Mm -hmm. And, and that is how I think you can salt the oats is through your actions and, and through being a role model. I love it. Well, awesome. Marnie, thank you so much for coming on the show. That's all we have for you. Oh, well, Tim, thank you so much for, for having me. I, I feel very blessed that our paths crossed. And, uh, you know, I'm living the dream in so many ways, but just like everyone else, you know, I'm human. I've gone through a lot of challenges, but I think our mindset, you know, and, and then like you talk about actionable steps, you know, you combine those two and you're on your way to greatness. Absolutely. I'm yeah. right there with you. Is there anything else you want to chat about before we sign off? You know, um, no, it's just congratulations to you Thank and your you. fiance and best wishes. Thank and you. continue to do what you are doing because your platform's pretty cool. You are you are spreading amazing messages and the conversations you're having with people from all over the world, all different topics. It's got to be very exciting. So, you know, I think it's pretty cool what you're doing. And um, so thank you for having this platform and for the interest in having me come on your platform. And what's the name of the movie you're going to go watch? <laughs> Harry Met Sally. When Harry Met when Sally. When Harry Met Sally. Yes. Okay. All right. Good. There so you go. have an actionable step <laughs> towards laughter, even though you seem like someone 
who doesn't need to have a movie to get a good laugh in, but I think you'll really enjoy it. I think I will too. I I've heard good things about it. That's why I knew you were making yeah. a reference. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good date date night movie too. There we go. There we go. All right. Well, awesome. If you guys are listening to this and you loved what Dr. Marnie had to say, make sure to check her book out, buy it, maybe for your book club. And if you happen to know any screenwriters, movie producers, or directors, make sure to connect them. <laughs> As we actually know, we're switching up our outro. So thank you guys for coming and listening to the show. And we hope to see you next time. On that note, we're out. Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.